So I'm supposed to be wrapping up my Snowfall series that I have going on on my half podcast. And, you know, then there's the NBA playoffs that's been off to a pretty wild start between the close games, the star players who keep getting hurt, and Draymond Green doing the, the Mario Brothers power jump off of a player's chest. I mean, as far as the playoffs go, it's been good. But let's park it for a moment. You know, I can get to all of that next week. But for now... I think it's better that I take this energy and put it towards honoring a local and Canadian legend in the basketball community. So you see, a couple of weeks ago, we lost Greg Francis, who was a Oakwood Collegiate and Fairfield University legend, as well as a head coach and Team Canada veteran. It sent shockwaves and ripple effects throughout the basketball community here and abroad. It was sad just all the way around. Uh, my condolences and respects uh, for his family and his loved ones, especially his little girl. Um, I'm a big believer in faith and in following your vibe. And my vibe's just been wanting me to honor this legend. And that's it. It's as simple as that. You know, after all the years of putting in his blood, his sweat, his skin and his tears into the game at all levels, why not honor his life, you know, in podcast form? So today, I'm joined by some of his high school peers, three of his ex-high school teammates at Oakwood, uh, Mr. Gabe Gonda uh, from the Skills Refinement Group and coach of U-Place AAU basketball program, O'Neill Kamaka, as well as Reed Beckett to discuss their high school experience with him and share stories about his presence during that period. And on the second half of the pod, I'm going to be joined by his Fairfield University teammate, Sunday Enio Jokin, uh, to discuss his college and university times, Greg's impact on him as and as well as his teammates during those days, and get into his coaching journey and his post-playing career. I hope you enjoy South Shore Ave, and of course, that is available wherever you tune into your podcast. Hit them like and favorite buttons, click on all the five stars for the support, and check out SouthShoreAve.com to dive into my catalog. Once again, that is SouthShoreAve.com. I thank you in advance uh, for checking this out already. All right, it's greatly appreciated. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Welcome to the Ave Podcast, and thank you guys for for tuning into this. Uh, this is a uh, podcast. It's uh, it's being attributed to to Greg Francis, one of the best Canadian ballers uh, you know that's uh, come across this city and this country. And right now, I have some of his. Uh, Oakwood Collegiate teammates from the Officer Championship 1993 team, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. That is correct, right? You guys are all on that on that same squad. That's correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, but I want to make sure I have this have this right. Make sure I have everybody here. I'm joined by some of his high school teammates. I'm joined by his high school teammate and his best friend Reed Beckett. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. No problem. I'm also joined by one of his other high school teammates. Over 25 years with with the media, um, was formerly of the Globe and Mail, uh, Mr. Uh, Gabe Gonda. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. And also friend of the podcast, co-founder of the Skills Refinement Group and head coach of Uplay, the AU program, Mr. O'Neill Kamaka. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Good. Uh, Slight correction. I am. I got demoted. I am now the assistant coach. Oh, okay. Okay. I I didn't. I didn't get the money, but I'm assistant coach now. Okay. We we like to take turns, let different coaches coach. So, 
Okay. Put that I'll just but, yeah. I'll just say, Coach. Okay. <laughs> um, but first of all, before we begin, you know, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't say this, you know, being that I'm a um, I'm an alumnus of Eastern Commerce, I, I never expected to have this much people from Oakwood Collegiate on a podcast before. I feel very surrounded right now. It's 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 a rival situation, but you know, you know, having Greg here kind of unites us all. But I never thought I'd have this much Oakland Collegiate guys on one podcast as an Eastern Commerce guy. Okay, you know, we beat up on you guys, you know, when <laughs> obviously we were playing because we won off, so we just beat up on you guys a lot. So it's a regular thing. <laughs> <laughs> Different generation. I'm a little. I'm a little younger. We we, we actually we, no. There was some great battles even in my time as well. Oakland was always. Always legit. Always has some great ballers, as you guys know. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we're coming together to, to discuss and, and celebrate Greg's life. And for me, this is kind of like a little bit of a learning experience as well, because I, as, and I knew Greg pretty well. But, you know, I wasn't around to see all the high school exports. I was living in another province, I was living in Montreal at those times. So I, when I came to um, when I came to Toronto, I've heard I heard all the stories and you know, everything that he was doing, especially when he got to Fairfield. Um, so for me, like, I kind of want to give you guys a space to kind of just, you know, sh- like sharing those stories and those experiences with him. But um, for you guys, you guys were his teammates. So, you know, you were there when he was building this foundation of, of, of basketball success. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Reed. But, like, what are your memories of him when you think of those days at Oakwood? Well, what I have to say, my memories of, of Greg go back farther than that. I've known him since the first grade. And as you probably imagine, he was a great athlete. He, he excelled at every sport he tried really. Mm. Um, but his success in high school is really, really a product of a lot of hard work. And, you know, he discovered basketball fairly late, I guess you'd say fairly late compared to kids today, but he picked up the game, learned the game at, maybe grade seven, 12 years old, I guess. Okay. And I went to school with him grade seven and eight, and he was just relentless. Like, he was in the park by his house day and night, just relentless working on his game. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all natural talent. He worked very hard at it. Mm-hmm. So I just, I could give that perspective because I, I don't think these guys knew him before high school. Yeah. But even from that point, like, he was, like, he, there was a love for the game. Like, the, like what sports was he playing before that? Was it just everything, trial by error? You just played everything else before that? I mean, as kids, of course, we're, we're playing everything on the schoolyard. But once, yeah. he, once he discovered basketball, that was his game. And he, he knew his future from the time he picked up a ball. So. And was it one of those things where you can kind of see it right away? Not just the love, but just, like, the potential that, man, this guy can. I know we started early, but this, like, this could possibly be something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was immediately star player on on the uh, what do you call it, junior high team. Um, yeah, just he would play one on one against one of the teachers. I think early on, the teacher, you know, bigger, stronger, would beat him. By the eighth grade, he was dominating him. Like, <laughs> so you, you could see it. Yeah, wow. definitely. And Gabe, how about you? Like, same question. Like, um, what are your memories of him? What do you think of like those days when you're a teammate and? with the Oakland experience and being in high school and everything else? Uh, I mean, I think the thing about Greg is he, he was a sort of a, a legend before <laughs> I, I knew of Greg before I knew him. And, you know, uh, when he was in grade nine, there, there we went to high, sort of junior high school in the same area, but mm-hmm. you knew there was a guy playing 
in senior basketball in the ninth grade at Oakwood, which is kind of unheard of at the time. And, you know, I remember going to the Jarvis uh, City Finals in would have been like 1990 when I was in ninth grade. And he was in grade 10 at that point. And, you know, seeing my first glimpse of him and, you know, he was an electric player. But, you know, the thing about Greg that was so special and Reed talked about relentless work was Greg wasn't, you know, he wasn't a today you see kids in gyms in Brampton and Mississauga and Scarborough who are all specimens. You know, you, right. you look at the top fifty U sixteen or U eighteen boys in Toronto, there's six eight, there's six nine, you know, these guys all have, you know, vital statistics that are earmarked for elite D one colleges. Greg right. was a six foot three guy who wasn't like a uh, you know, an absolutely dominating explosive athlete. He was just smarter, harder working and kind of like had a gear that no one else had. And I think that's, as I've been reflecting about Greg and, you know, in our little Facebook group chat after, mm -hmm. unfortunately, Greg passed, right. you know, there's a really terrible coincidence because we were to celebrate the 30th anniversary of our Office of Gold that's in right. 1994, two weeks ago. And we were all having a great time kind of sharing memories and trash talking on our thread. And then, of course, Greg passed. And in, and, and when he passed, people started sharing these 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 um, clips of games from from that season, and I we were we we've all been watching them, and and it's just what's clear as day to me watching Greg is everyone else's game was very crude and undeveloped, and Greg's game was a finished product even in high school, <laughs> and it's really hard to convey to people who don't understand how little basketball infrastructure support coaching mentorship there was in that day, yeah. how hard it would have been for him to have a polished game like that. This is a guy who was kind of a, a Kobe in respect to you know, learning the game the right way, brick by brick from the bottom up. But the thing about Greg that was so special was he did it all by himself. There was no grassroots. There was no AAU. There yeah. was no nothing. Greg did it by himself. And that was because he was kind of smarter <laughs> and harder working and more resourceful than anyone else. So, you know, it, like Greg was a pretty extraordinary person beyond just basketball. I, I mentioned, man, I would love to see the clips of those, <laughs> that video of some of those games. Uh, that that would yeah be, yeah yeah that's something that you guys mm -hmm. had to share it out. I know it's within your chat group, but man, the, the, the one that I was watching that I enjoyed the most is when we we thumped Eastern in the city finals in '93. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, we'd be happy. It was a, it was it was a beat, that that one was a beatdown. <laughs> Yo, and Jason and Jason Dawkins, who runs Ontario basketball now, he, he was in that game. So was Patrick McCoy. There's a couple Eastern guys who got who were on the losing end that night. Anyway. They have it burned into their memories, so I don't know if we have to share the video. No, that's that's fair. That's true, Reed. Gabe, Gabe just wants to show that game because he had a really good game. He was scoring. <laughs> and what about what about you, O'Neal? Same question. So for me, um, I started playing basketball. So Greg started in grade seven, and then I started. He was a year older than me, so then I also started in grade seven, but at Winona. Yeah. I was a baseball guy, and uh, you know. I like sports as well, and so um, I started playing basketball. And I had uh, the people that were playing at Winona were Pat Marcello. Um, she had handles; she could do everything. In, I, I don't know when she started playing, but she was nice by grade seven. She was nice. Mm -hmm. um, Stevie, but you know, people know him today as Fire Kid Stevie. He was his handles were off the charts, breaking ankles. And then we had Mark Strong. You know, everybody knows he's on the radio. Announce a Raptors game. Okay. And back then he was called Magic. And so when he would come in the gym, so I, these guys coming in the gym playing, because um, it, it was from six to nine, you know, six to seven was, tra was training. 
Um, seven to eight was the young guys, like elementary, grade eight and down. And then, you know, eight to nine were like the high school guys. And Greg would be playing with the high school. And I heard about him, like, there's this kid coming in, supposed to be going to Oakwood next year. He's really good. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's probably not better. He's not better than the guys here. And sure enough, he came and he just went to work. And he was just so smart. Like, I remember he, his game was different than everybody else. He was, he was always under control, never sped up. And just got to his spots, got his shot off, was crafty. And so I was very impressed with him. And then, um, you know, he goes to Oakwood. And, again, as Gabe said, he's, you know, he's grade nine playing senior. And he got the nickname Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. And then so for that, you know, and then, uh, you know, obviously we played pickup. And, and you know, we played in, in the gym. But he was he was one grade. And I finally got to play with him two years later. I was in grade 11. And I finally got to play with him. And. You know, my memories of Greg is just, there's not a lot of basketball players that I feared, but Greg always just, he knew my number. Like, I, I always struggled playing against Greg and figuring him out and beating him one-on-one. So, uh, my memories of Greg as a basketball player is just very smart, very sound, you know, very crafty. And But as a human being, Greg was just so chill. Yeah. Always, always easygoing. Um, you know, I never really saw Greg mad. Yeah, he was just always a happy, big smile on his face, and it was always easy going. Just a great person. The one thing I always appreciated about him, you know, as I got to know him, especially after, because I met him like after he finished like um, university, and and I guess towards the, his end when he was, was playing days with Team Canada. But like he always, always gave you his time is what is what always stuck out like with me with him is that you know always lent you his ear, like he always treated you like. He always treated you like you were important, kind of thing, and I and I always appreciated that about him. Like he was a really, really laid back guy. To you know, to to touch on what you guys are saying, um, but I know O'Neill with you. Like I know, I always remember like some of our conversations. Like even back when like in Ryerson days, but like you always had high reverence for him. So that's I think that's where it was kind of like wow, like this guy must be really good, you know, like because you used to talk about him like a lot, especially when the Oakwood days come up. You always had like high praise for the guy, and I'm like, damn, like, and I and I got, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead, not to cut you, go ahead. Oh yeah, because Greg was a baller, man. Like you know, I didn't know a lot of guys that shot, you know, shot the ball as well as Greg. Like you know, I told I tell people, um, Greg would give me just raise his eyebrows. I remember playing. I think Reed was there. We're playing at George Brown one time. That's that's what sticks in my mind. And we're playing. I think it was probably two on two or three on three or something like that. But I was guarding Greg, and Greg just you know gave me a little eye, eyebrow raise, and I'm jumping, and he just you know going by me. I'm like, man, he got me again. Like his shot was so smooth, so quick, and uh, you know on point. So I was just like, you know, he was just a baller, and smart, and uh, you know he could play. But he, he was a, listen, I, I mean, he, he was a, what strikes me about Greg is I thought a lot about him the last couple of weeks and is he was a better, he was kind of just a better person than the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, Reed's a great guy. O'Neill's a great guy, but Greg was a different kind of person. And I think the thing I was thinking about the other day is, you know, 16 year old boys, 15 year old boys, 17 year old boys, they're not the most mature people, you know, and, and teams tend to take on like a, a team of teenage boys is a pack. And the pack usually takes on the personality of the alpha, you know, and if your best player is a dick, excuse my language, then, then the team will absorb that as a culture and guys will, will behave according to how the, the sort of the best player behaves. Greg was a prince. And so 
without even trying, and people talk about leading by example, but you know, without even trying, without ever having to say a word, the eyebrow thing applies to how he led as, as well as to how he could fake you out because he didn't have to say a word because of the way he carried himself because of his consistency and like treating people well. Um, you know, everyone on that team uh, played with a level of sort of role play and self-sacrifice and understanding of, of how the, the team game of basketball is played. And I, and I think, you know, it, it sort of sells Greg short to say he was easygoing because yeah, he had a terrific personality. He was the kindest person you could meet. But I think Reed could speak better to this because he knew him better than, than I did, certainly, because um, he knew him from a young age. But yeah. I think underneath that kind surface was a really intense guy who thought carefully about everything he did. And I think that leadership style was a real part of his character. Because, again, like I said, 15, 16, 17-year-old boys, their natural tendency is not to self-sacrifice, to play a role. Right. On a team with talented guys, everyone wants the ball. But our team wasn't like that. I watched those clips. Again, it's it's striking. People were selfless on that team, but that's because the best player on that team, Greg Francis, was a selfless guy. So I, I, that to me is what stands out about Greg. It's his character yeah. more than his talent. He he was the most easygoing guy off the court, but he had this kind of, I can't describe it any other way, but like a mamba mentality when he was on the court. And mm -hmm. that was that was with his teammates and his opponents. And he had this way of like, getting the best out of you, but not in a selfish way. And, you know, not being a dick. He would he would lift everybody up at the same time as demanding the most of everyone. And he was just he was just like a born leader, I would say. And and he I, I was saying to the guys a couple weeks ago when we met up, like he was the best player, but he was also the glue guy. He was the guy that that brought that team together. And you could see it in his work after he finished playing in his coaching career. You know, he, he held many important positions in the community and coached at several high-level universities. Yeah. And he just, he's, he spent his life in the service of the game. And, you know, everyone you meet, his, his reach was widespread and everyone you meet just thinks the world of him. And, you know, rightly so. And I think you're seeing that too, because the way, you know, especially once you heard the news of, of that he passed, like the way it affected so many people in the community, like the basketball community, especially in Toronto, like it was, it was, it was, it was touching. You know what I mean? Like I know for myself, like when I found out I was like, it messed up my night, you know? So as I'm sure as all you guys here, but like it, it, it but it speaks to like that respect that you just had for him. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, you know, like you want to see somebody that could just continue to succeed for a very long time. And I mean, like he was on his way to that as well, because uh, like the, the path that he laid out, discussing you guys from high school but all the way till now he seems mm -hmm. like he was blazing a trail that people are, are gonna eventually try to follow mm -hmm. it's funny because I, I always um you know the, the two things stick out for me with uh with with greg is is um well of course that classic game that he um that he played you know against north carolina when he was at fairfield and i'm tight with one of his ex-teammates um and i remember the one thing he always said to your point that you guys were saying, it was like he came in, I think a, a, a couple of years, like he was a couple of years younger than, than, than Greg, but he said the one thing was Greg kind of, he kind of kept you under his wing from the moment he got there. It wasn't like a, well, I'm the senior or I'm the junior. I'm ahead of you guys. You guys do, you guys are freshmen or sophomores. So you're beneath me. I don't really talk to you. Like he basically swooped everybody under his wing to, you know, to what you, you uh, read and Gabe are, are talking about.
it, it actually kind of speaks to that, you know what I mean? Like from, from, from at least from what I know of them, like it sounds about right. It sounds consistent. You know what I mean? On top of like, you know, we talk about the games and everything else. But my story that <laughs> I have to share this. Right. And, and um, just to speak to the talent level of, you know, to, I guess to give people the perspective of how good he was. And I mean, this is after, you know, playing pro and this is after um, he was uh, finished playing with, with Team Canada and everything else. We were playing in this this men's league out in Mississauga. <laughs> Um, it was like at the time it was like one of the best men's league or the best men's league in the city at the time. So this is probably like early to mid two thousands. I want to say it was about two thousand three, two thousand four, and we met up on Greg's team in the playoffs, and we had a good team that year. And one of our teammates, I'm gonna call his name, uh, Richie Light, uh, was we O'Neill. I know you're familiar with him, or you guys, you guys are familiar with him. But um, we beat we beat we beat we beat Kirsten that year as well. Oh, I'm sure. I played you- with Richie. <laughs> and the Scarborough Memory <laughs> about the same era. But Richie Richie and Dave Small and Kendrick Hop- Hopkinson, those are all the Pearson guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rich, you know, Richie's Richie's a good guy, man. And you know, as you guys know, Richie loves to score, right? And I remember we were playing <laughs> we were playing them and before the game started, he was like, I got Greg. And he was like, I got Greg to the point that I don't care about scoring today. He was basically like, I'm Dennis Rodman. You guys pass to me if you have to. But all my energy is focused on on Greg because this is the first time I'm actually playing against him. So I'm like, "Wow, you're saying that?" Because I'm like, "Okay, you know." So we all <laughs> we all let it happen, right? We all let it happen. You know, we play in this game, and 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 uh, Richie is basically in Greg's shirt the whole. He was basically a shadow the whole game, trying to mess with his handles, trying to mess with the jump shot. Every shot is contested. You know, he's not going for fakes. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. It's probably is the best defense I've ever seen Richie play ever, right? And all the years I've played, you know, pick up ball and men's leagues and all that stuff with him. It's the best I've ever seen by far. You know, we ended up winning the game. We're celebrating Richie. We're like, Richie, you did such a great job. You know, I think we won by, like, it was less than 10 points, if I remember. But, like, we're celebrating him like you did such a great job. Greg ended up with about 40-something points in that game. And some of the shots that he was hitting on Richie, it was like it was like Steph Curry like. I was on Richie's team and every shot he hit, I was like, Oh my God. Like, good play, Richie. Good oh my God, he did it again. It was it was actually it was, it was one of the most amazing performances I I've ever seen on a basketball court. It, to 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 speak to what you guys are talking about, it was so effortless. It didn't honestly, he had a gear where and it was nice to see that in person where it didn't matter what you did. It was like a pro player. It was like a, a, I felt like I was watching an NBA player, but like it didn't matter what you did. Did not matter. Didn't matter what you said. Didn't matter if you're physical. Didn't matter how you guarded him. He just, he was so focused. Nothing took him off his route. It was amazing. It was, it was truly amazing to watch. And I'm sure you guys have stories about that, you know, playing with in games and tournaments and stuff, but for me, seeing that like as an adult in person after years of hearing all these stories, it was it was it was a, it was mesmerizing to watch. I don't know if you guys want to add to that, but <laughs> yeah. well, except for the fact that, look, as you said, Richie wasn't really a good defender, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, look, 
<laughs> shout, shout out to Richie Light, though. He's a hell of a player. And he's a great user. No, he's, he he's a very, 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 very good player. And that, that Pearson team, to be honest, gave us fits. <laughs> they were a great team. In fact, in fact, to, to, to be exact, that team was sort of destined to meet us in the finals of offset in 93, but they lost in an upset to St. John's. And that was a really oh. great team. They were the only they were only one of two teams that beat us that year. Really? And we were kind of hoping to play them. And Richie Light was a terrific scorer. Terrific scorer. I mean, I think the thing about Grego is is like it wasn't about stats, right? And mm -hmm. that's a great story. And like you said, he probably could have done that night in and night out. But back in those days, and again, not to be an old head, but but I am, um, there was no OSBA. There was no yeah. prep circuit. There was one thing. There was one thing. All the best guys played high school ball, and for that reason, it was it meant the world to Greg to win. And he didn't win in grade ten, and he didn't win in grade eleven, and he didn't win in grade twelve, despite being on great teams. And that Oakwood team had never won, despite having Norm Clark, despite having you know Richard Stewart, despite having Wendell Brereton over the years, Brennan Noon and Patrick Johnson. You could go back and name all the great players there. Greg knew that history. He knew that history, and he kind of, in a way, was the architect of that team that we all played on. You know, and so. So he like again for him it, it wasn't about stats it was about winning and 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 he could say well I could score thirty I could score forty a game but I'm gonna score eighteen or twenty I'm, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna see the spot that I'm gonna share the ball and and because of that he 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 architected a winner and I think the fact that a sixteen seed um, could get within four points of a number one seed that had two lottery picks and yeah. future Hall of Famers on it. And I'm talking about the North Carolina game with Antoine Jamison and Vince Carter mm -hmm. speaks to the fact that Greg did what it took to get as close as he could to the ring every time he played um, because it was about winning, right? It was a team game for him. And again, like he, he, he was able to make people better. And I think those two games and there's countless others, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's the mentality he had. He could put it into another gear when the game was on the line, and that's just yeah, that's just the type of I don't know determination he had as a player, despite being you know like laid back to a fault <laughs> off the court. Like he was, he was the opposite on the court, and yeah, that reminds me of you know Kamaka was on the team with me when we played men's league at U of T, and Greg would come to the gym, and you know. He, we're all warming up. I'm, I'm stretching. I'm trying to make sure I'm loose, ready for the game. Greg's just chit-chatting, you know, dapping people up, talking to everybody. Steps on the court, drops 30, <laughs> goes home, just chilling. Like, that's the kind of player he was. Like, he, and then when it came to the, the playoffs, like, he put it in another gear, but he could, he could score 30 without trying. No, you're, 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 you're right. And the one thing I used to notice too is that you didn't really see too many people. At least from my experience, I didn't really see too many people talking trash to him either. It's like it was kind of like a reference almost. I'm not saying nothing. I just I'm trying to get through this game and I want to make sure I'm not putting any any extra bulletin board material for this person. Well, I don't I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, like, I'm, I'm, I, just, I'm I just saying from my experience, my experience, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I think I think it's, you know, maybe not older, but I think. Back in the day, people would challenge. The thing about Greg is that he wouldn't he wouldn't engage in that stuff. Yeah. He would let his game speak for himself. Like as the guys tried to fight Greg, we had teammates. We had teammates at Oakwood who, again, weren't were more about you know wanting to be alpha. And I won't name any names, but who would try to fight him? I remember the first day of grade ten, a guy who was a new transfer tried to fight him in practice because we were doing runs and they had to be separated and. I, there's a famous story about a running me game. I don't know if you guys remember the story, Reader O'Neill, where 
it was his grade nine year and people were, you know, he got under people's skin cause he was so good. And the, the senior on the, on the great running me team knocked him down. And the story goes that he stepped on him and said, get up boy wonder. Um, so people did, did try to get under Greg's skin and he got under people's skin, but he didn't, he didn't do that. That wasn't his game. You know, I'd like to differ. He, he talked the most trash when we played one on one. To you, to you, Reed, to you. <laughs> oh, Neil, sorry, you were going to say something? I, I heard you. I was saying, Greg, yeah, because Greg, people would try, but Greg would just, Mob being Greg and just light you up. They're like, okay. He wouldn't say anything, and we just light you. He would just light you. He would just light you up. Just put a, 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 a sly smile on his face, light you up, because he was smart. So guys just knew not to talk to him because he wouldn't engage. He's just gonna put in work, and then at the end of the day, you know, he's gonna, you know, he'd leave with thirty some plus points, and you'd have been like, "What happened?" So that's why guys never really tried talking smack to him. Yeah, they they kind of learned after a while, but you know, to touch on 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 something Gabe was talking about in terms of the way he carried himself and the respectability and how like he was a guy that others followed. Like for you guys, especially around them times, like just to touch on a little bit more, and I guess I'll start with you, Neil. Like, how, how did he inspire you guys to get better, Better, whether it was just on or off the floor? I know for me, for basketball, you know, watching him uh, get in the weight room, because, you know, me, I was I was MAGA. I was skinny, and, um, you know, Greg would go in the weight room and start lifting, and guys, you know, um, getting big. And, uh, you know, obviously I would follow, because I was trying to get big, and Greg started doing uh, legs, clean and jerk. And uh, his hops increased. So I was like, oh, I want to jump like Greg. I want to be like Greg. But, you know, lack of information, I, 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 it just never happened for me. But he inspired me that way to, to try and get better physically and, you know, get in the weight room and get big. But I think we just, we always, we sort of had the same personality as well. So off the court, we're just both chill, easygoing, um, you know, non-confrontational, not, not take things, not sweat the small stuff. And just you know, just try to be positive and be happy person. But definitely as a basketball player, watching him work, you know, get stronger and getting in the weight room, you know, definitely followed him in in that regards. Okay, and what about you, Reed? Um, I mean, Greg's the reason I played basketball at a serious level. Um, he, he, like I was talking about earlier, him in grade seven and eight determined and had already vis- visualized his future at Oakwood. Um, most probably you guys don't know most of his friends including me went to Jarvis and he went to Oakwood like he split from all his friends from from uh, middle school mm. to go to Oakwood to follow his dream and it just so happened a couple of years later like he brought me to Oakwood to play ball and he brought me under his wing just just as you were talking about bringing your friend at Fairfield under his wing he did the same for me and and all those all those that lifting and shooting and everything like I was there with him in the gym day after day after day played one on one with him so he like like he inspired me but also like made me the player I am today or not today but you know yeah. twenty years ago <laughs> <laughs> Reed, Reed, Reed can still shoot we got out and played some three a couple weeks ago and Reed, Reed can still shoot I mean I would but say. I remember you as like the Pippin to his Jordan almost, you know, and like that's how I remember you. Yeah, and and I wouldn't have played basketball if it wasn't for Greg. So like I can't even put in words how he inspired me. Yeah. yeah. Not for sure. What I mean, about you, Gabe? For me for me, it's it's I would say almost more more pivotal. I mean, because I didn't even play basketball till I was fourteen. 
and I was tall, but I was pretty uncoordinated and I wasn't considered an athlete. And like I said to you guys, I, I went to that game. Uh, I wasn't even adequate. I had gone to Winona and then I went to North Toronto grade nine and I, I didn't really have a great time there. And I went to that game in March and I remember watching them play and some, for some weird reason, a penny dropped when I saw that game. And I, I went to the gym, to the JCC alone for six months. And I transferred to Oakwood in grade 10 because of what I saw on that floor. And it, it was it was so far-fetched because I, I couldn't even do a, a, a left-handed layup at that point. So for me to find myself in grade 12 on that senior team, you know, and eventually starting and, and having a chance to contribute, I would say he, ins- he amongst others, but um, inspired me to want to be better. And then to be a teammate of someone who, like I said, led in the way that he led, just it pulled the best out of me, you know, um, and a lot of the stuff that I learned on that team. And I learned it from these guys as well, because they were both smart and selfless players who had yeah. great personalities, too. But, you know, I it's taken me a, it's those are lessons that I've taken into the rest of my life and that I've tried to share with my my sons and a couple of whom are athletes, one of whom is a basketball player now and and still trying to learn these lessons. But but he taught them better than anyone by example. And it was, you know, give a hand up to your teammate you know um you know uh doing the little things as the best player the stuff that you hear all coaches say but very few players take to heart you know dive for balls you know help on d you know get back first um box out you know you know all the little tiny cliches and now that we're in the world of you know tiktok and instagram and highlights and rankings that don't mean anything for 14 year olds they, those lessons mean more, more than ever, you know, because uh, he really did things the right way. Um, it wasn't showy about it. So um, I'd say, like, I learned a ton uh, from Greg. And, you know, to be honest, I, th- I think those kinds of lessons don't just make you a better basketball player. Um, they do make you a better person, you know. And, and Greg taught those things, like I said, by by leading, not by telling you to do that. He didn't have to tell you anything. You just said, you just saw this guy was doing everything the right way. And, I wanted just to be part of that. Um, that's all I, That's the only way I can put it. And plus, too, like you saw the success, like the fruits of his labors, like it, it worked for him too. Like it, you know what I mean? Like so I, I guess that's part of the example as well, right? Yeah, everyone wanted to be part of magic and part of a winner, and and I think, like we had said, like Greg made a choice to go to Oakwood because it was the place. I mean, yeah. Eastern was one of those places. Bathurst was one of those places. Runnymede was one of those places. Yeah. But Oakwood was one of those places, and it was about being a part of a winning program. And I guess to uh, not to necessarily wrap up, but, uh, you know, I do want to ask you guys, like, especially, you know, like, I guess it wasn't a surprise that, you know, I guess the success that he had with Team Canada and everything else that came after high school, like it wasn't really that shocking to you because of just the way he carried himself on all aspects. Because those skills are transferable to life. I do agree with you there. Like, what are your lasting memories of him? Like, what do you guys, to add to his legacy, like, what would you guys... um, I guess state in that aspect. I'll start with you, O'Neal. Like for you, like you know, these these last couple of weeks have been you know tough for all of you guys. Like when you think of him now, like what are your lasting memories and images and the legacy? Like how do you think that's going to be built out for him now? Um, I think of um, a great basketball player legend. Um, you know, as we're talking, I, I remember him hugging the when we won Oscar, crying and hugging. He worked so hard. I think of him as a, a friend who, you know, obviously when we were younger and single, getting together and going out and just 
you know, go for drinks and hanging out and talking. And I remember as a father, um, mm. you know, um, him being separated um, from his daughter's mom. We both had that in common. And fathers of daughters, girl dads, and just talking to him about what I went through and just, you know, what it's like to be a father and having a daughter and loving. And so, you know, that's my lasting memory of Greg. And I think, you know, I know for me, we're always linked because when, when people talk about basketball, they're always like, oh, you know, O'Neill and Greg or Greg and O'Neill from Oakwood. And, um, I'm gonna miss him. Yeah. I'm gonna miss him. Uh, you know, he was. He just. I just miss his his smile. And his, and his always positive attitude. Yeah, man. No, no, no. I appreciate that. And um, and Gabe, how about you? I think for me, it, there's there's two um, kind of memories I'll share. Um, one is when we when we won Offsa. In 1993, at Cops Coliseum, <clears throat> you know, Greg was not a guy who ever lost his composure. You know, he didn't lose his temper. He wasn't emotional, other than as everyone's saying here, he was happy, consistently happy, upbeat person. But we were in the locker room afterwards, and I'll never forget. He had his arms sort of around the guys beside him on the bench, and he was sort of shaking and crying and saying, "I love you guys." And you know, it was just it was a show of emotion that. Um, that I'll never forget because it showed how, you know, just how deep the bonds were to him um, and how, how deep, you know, the whole, that whole journey had been for him from grade nine to grade 13 to win and, and, and what he had put into it, uh, the depth of it, the emotion. And the other, the other one I'll share is the last time I saw him was, you know, my son is a, was a basketball player and, and he had the good fortune of being invited out to a, a high performance camp on Ontario basketball only only three, three or four weeks ago at the Pan Am Center in Scarborough. And we got there early because Greg was running the camp. And it was a real privilege to be there for Isaac, my son. And, and we, we got there early so we could spend some time with Greg. And we sat down. We had a half an hour before everybody got there. And, you know, it was the same person uh, we've all described today. But he gave a half an hour to my 14-year-old son. And he was generous and thoughtful and curious and engaging. And, you know, couldn't have been a, a better, you know, um, a person to be around and so that that to me i'm i'm sad to to say that we won't see him again but um that last memory is just totally consistent with who he was you know um and and he i have a text in my thread from him saying that he always thought of my son as an oakwood guy right so you know even 30 years later 35 years later you know there's a sense of, of family that goes with it yeah. and so those are those are my kind of final final thoughts <clears throat> Yeah, that connection can never can never be broken in that in that aspect. Um, and Reed, um, I guess the same question for you. Like, what are your? I know the relationship goes deeper, but what are your lasting memories? And what do you think the legacy should be for him if you had to draw it out? Well, I I would say I'm just thankful that you know Greg gave me a lifetime of memories. Um, Childhood memories before you even played basketball. We were best friends. We were we were inseparable as kids, and you know it's just I just cherish those memories that like as kids can be. We we just came up together, and we shared a lot of memories through basketball as well. And we we kind of you know helped each other get better at basketball. But 
yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but I'm just yeah. thankful that I shared this life with Greg. No, no, I appreciate you, your your words today. Like I, you know, and and I know it's obviously bigger than basketball, you know. And I mean, I only I guess kind of scoped it this way just because I know the impact he had on it. But I know obviously there's a he had a bigger presence as well outside of the court as well. But but I appreciate you guys um, for for hopping on this podcast and just you know like like I'm thankful for just having the platform for allowing you guys to just, just to share his stories. Cause I think like for me, once I already passed, I was kind of like, especially during, you know, these last few years and this COVID generation and, and how many people has passed and all that stuff. I feel like if you can get a chance to, you know, like to let people share their stories and, and kind of leave legacies for, for people, whether how big or small. And I know, like I said, you know, my experiences with Greg was always great. Um, and you know for me it's like i I just wanted to like kind of honor him in a a little bit of a way you know what i mean as best as i could through this platform so um so i want to thank o'neill for even getting you guys on for for just for the four of us to do this but i appreciate you guys for for hopping on the podcast truly like i i really appreciate you guys for doing that today we really appreciate this opportunity um i think it's it was it was great to share his legacy I i would ask a favor um yeah as you guys, we've touched on, Greg left behind um, a young daughter and, and the family has started a GoFundMe. So I'd like to share that link for people. You know, Greg spent his life in service of the game and service of the basketball community. community and I know his reach was widespread. And if, if anybody out there who's listening has been touched by Greg in any way, you know, please get back through this GoFundMe. And Calvin, if we can share that link. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. No problem. No problem. That's my yes. Thank you uh, for having uh, for having us uh, and for having me, Kevin. Really nice to share and and hopefully all the great stuff that he did that that we remember him for gets you know heard and listened to and you know shared more widely because of because of the podcast. So appreciate that. No, thank you. <laughs> all right. So my my next guest is an alumnus of Fairfield University as well as uh, Greg's former teammate. Um, so please welcome uh, for the first time Sunday and you juke into the show. Uh, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, Honored to be on your show. Yeah, man. No, no, no doubt. Honored to have you on, brother. Honored to have you on. Now, I, I know for, you know, yourself and um, your wife, Krista, and you juke, who, you know, couldn't be here tonight. But like um, for the both of you, you guys have a you shared a, a combined unique relationship you know with yourself having played college ball and forming a long relationship with greg but then also having the pleasure of your wife having you know being the at the beginning of starting a a a basketball program together at ontario tech you know so so the foundation of things started with basketball but of course it grew so much further than that but um but just before we even get into it like how are you doing with all of this yeah well it's uh it's it is shocking um you know i'm I'm at a loss for words to describe uh the feeling um but you know what i i I can only feel for and my heart goes out to his daughter and his family i can't uh even imagine uh they just must be obliterated because um, i i honestly was shell-shocked and I'm just now coming to um, 
kind of reconcile with with um, his absence, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, I'm feeling this way. I can't, I can't imagine what his family and daughter are feeling like. So, my heart definitely goes out to them. Yeah, and and I mean, and for you, because obviously, you know, just mentioning before that you guys had this, you know, like a like a unique and long forming relationship, but. Like how was like when you got to Fairfield? Because you got there, Greg. If I remember, he was two years your senior, right? Um, he would have been three years. Oh, three uh, years. Okay. Senior, yeah. So my freshman year was his senior, his senior year at Fairfield. Year. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I first time I met Greg um, was on my my recruiting trip to Fairfield. This was back in I think in the spring of 1996, and. Um, I landed at LaGuardia Airport, and you know he showed up in a in a red drop top BMW, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a you know with a, a beautiful lady friend um, uh, beside him. And, uh, and my first thought was like, "Wow, it's like this." <laughs> You're <laughs> and, like, uh, "I'm going to Fairfield." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sign me up. Much, I don't need to see the school. Yeah, I was pretty much all there, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's. Um, I just I, I I remember just getting to know him on the ride back from the airport back to school, uh, which is about an hour ride. Like Fairfield's in southern Connecticut, it's about mm-hmm. an hour drive from uh, New York City, and so you know that ride back to Fairfield, um, we just got to know each other um, a bit more, uh, and we were both Canadians, so you, you know that's that was the connection point there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just gave me gave me the heads up about certain things, what to expect, what life was like um, at Fairfield, kind of like a a, a preview into what the uh, my weekend would be like um, even before I got got to campus. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll always remember that first time I I met him and just found him to be kind of like a like a big brother and and um, right away took me under his wing um, and we just met right. Yeah. Uh, and uh so that memory would always will always last with me well especially the red bmw as well right i mean yeah, yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's that goes without seeing <laughs> <laughs> well he definitely knew, knew how to sell uh fairfield to me right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it, i mean yeah definitely went out but i um at which point did you guys I guess did the did the relationship grow to like a, a deeper bond, even though he was a senior and you were a freshman? Like, what did the connection point like? Did it, the relationship get like a, a deeper brotherhood during you know your times on the court, or was it off the court, or or was yeah, it even at school? Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I, I um, so our relationship started. Uh, it, it really really started as as a brotherhood. I'd have to say from that point where we met at LaGuardia uh, he took on that big brother role put me under his wing as well as the other seniors and that year we uh, Fairfield done had won the uh, regular season uh, in the Mac uh, in the Mac conference the year before and so um, you know Fairfield had a lot of accolades um, there was a lot of expectations coming out of Fairfield the next year which would have been my freshman year and so um but due to injuries to some of the seniors um it turned out that greg and a bunch of you know um know nothing freshmen um, mm-hmm. made up the starting 
the starting lineup for Fairfield uh, that that first year of mine, and uh, we had a rocky season, um, losing record, had no business um, doing what we did in the uh, in the MAC playoffs, uh, and then making it into the tournament. And Greg had a lot to do with that, right? So yeah, through those trials and tribulations uh, during that season, um, you get close with your teammates, right? Because we went through hell. Right, mm-hmm. um, we, we were we were failing our fans. Um, coaches weren't happy. Uh, you know, teammates weren't happy about how the seasons were going, and so um, we fought through it. And 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 honestly, the, that's uh, they call it the magical run in the uh, in the MAC playoffs, where we just won three straight. No, really, no business doing what we did. But um, I think that team cohesion and uh, leadership from uh, seniors such as Greg um, really really got us there. And, and then, of course, you guys had that um, now classic game between uh, yourself and North Carolina, who at the time had two lottery, two two future lottery picks, um, and Vince, Car- excuse me, and Vince Carter and, and uh, Antoine Jameson, as well as a, a few others. That was a big time program that that ninety seven UNC squad. Yes, um, Ed Coda, Ed Shamar Williams. Yep. Um, Serge Wicker, I think he was seven <laughs> four. Yes. Mamadou and Jai, right? Mamadou, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, again, no business doing what we did against UNC, and I think, I think we might have been up seven with five minutes left in the game, and um, had we won, it would have been the first time a sixteen seed beat a first seed, right? And um. But unfortunately, you know, Zertzrika decided to play basketball the last five minutes. And, you know, we just couldn't do, there's nothing we do about that one, right? But, uh, um, and once again, Greg was just unbelievable. Um, I believe he hit eight threes uh, during that game and was a complete handful for uh, the North Carolina defense to handle. So, um, yeah, that was a special moment. I will never forget it. Um, yeah, because cause for you watching, I mean, for us, like, I I still remember watching that game and being like, because, you know, moving to Toronto, you know, I, I heard the, the the mythology of Greg, right? right. But I, I never saw it. I know he was in in the States, and but I never seen him play. And that was the first time I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to get a chance to see this guy play. But I'm like, you know, you, you guys are like a low seed. You're playing, you know, one of the best schools in the nation. If not the best school of the, of the nation at that time, you know it's, it's March Madness. Usually those games are blowouts, so I'm just like, well, I'm going to support and Canadian guy that's there, one of the few at the time, because it wasn't like, you know, it's not like how it is now, where there's like tons and tons of Canadian ballers playing in the in, in March Madness. It was like at that time, it was it was very few. Like you both of you were like a small representation of that, you know. So so to be like, all right, let me, I'm going to check this game out. I don't even think I was even aware that you were on the team at the time, like, or at least I knew that you were from Montreal at the time. But then, right. but then watching it was one thing and being amazed that it was one thing. And it, and you can still watch it on YouTube, actually. Um, but, like, being in that moment, like, I know you're speaking to just now, but being in that moment, watching Greg go off, like, because I, I know at the end of the game, I think Dean Smith said it was, it was probably the best and one of the best performances that's ever happened against his team. Which is like, I mean, that's that's beyond high praise considering it's coming from like, you know, one of the meccas of coaching and Dean Smith, right? So like for you, like, what was that like? Just experiencing that game and that moment where like you guys almost pulled it off and Greg is just out of his mind. Uh, yeah, uh, 
you know, it didn't, it didn't really hit me um, uh, during the game. It, it just, you kind of get into a game mode and um, you don't think about that, right? You don't think about the gravity of the moment. Right. Um, and um, it, it wasn't until after, um, till it sunk in, we were kind of looking at each other like, what just happened? You know, this is uh, like we were more of a disappointment. We were right there, um, and you know, we we let it go in the last few minutes of the games, right? So, and it's Greg's last game too, right? Being as I know, Greg's last game, and yeah, and and he really showed out, and I can't say I'm surprised because it, look, what he did, I I saw day in and day out during practices and in games, right? And Fairfield's a mid-major D1 school. And so he terrorized other teams in, 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 the, in the conference, right? Uh, and mm. um, while at Einstein, North Carolina, um, they did their scouting. I'm sure they did a good scouting job on, on our team. Um, I think they were shocked. In fact, I will tell you this story. I just thought of this. Um, our uh, My wife and I were in, Krista and I were in, um, uh, in Jamaica earlier, uh, in when was this? Um, 2002. Yes. Okay. So spring 2002, we're in, we're in Jamaica, and somehow Christus, um, we're, um, Christus at the beach speaking to some lady, and I show up with my drinks, and um, it turns out to be Shamad Williams' sister. Oh my gosh! Wow. I don't know how. I don't know how Krista and ha- and her figure things out but um and she ends up calling shamat because of greg really because guess what shamat's sister says she's like shamat will never forget what greg did greg francis did to them oh my he God. knew his name yeah it was it was crazy it was crazy again another stark reminder of uh, how special that moment was right that's crazy yeah and um and going back to the game, um, and, and I have, I've seen the I've seen the game the games on I have a, I think I've only seen it on VHS. So which tells you the last time I saw it, right? <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's on it's on YouTube. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. But um, but the poise, and and just the the you can just see that he's a real really cerebral player, and he plays with poise. Um, highly intelligent basketball player. And he just kind of picked apart um, uh, UNC's defense, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it took one bad shot or made one bad decision uh, throughout the whole game. It was just it was it was it was a wonder to watch, really. And and I'm being completely serious about this. Is anyone could go on YouTube and watch it? It was it's incredible what he did, and and especially you mentioned earlier how um, Canadian basketball players weren't a dime a dozen like they are now, especially in high level D1, right? right. Back then, um, uh, most of the best best players were going to um, mid-majors, right? Right. Uh, and I think, was it Jamal McGlory kind of broke into the uh, high mid-major? He went to Kentucky, right? He went right? to Kentucky, um, right. I think he might have started that that trend. But back then, listen, I, I like you, I grew up in Montreal, um, played high school ball, um, played at Abbott, and I think the most the most I've, the most I've ever played in front might have been a couple of hundred people. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and then going to Fairfield and, you know, playing in front of a couple of thousands. And then um, we end up at, in the tournament and we're playing in front of like 15, 16,000, right? So it's, it's <laughs> just talk about shock to the system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy is different. Uh, the energy is different. Uh, and you, you're sort of playing out of your body. But, um, and yes, granted, Greg was a senior and, and I was a freshman. So I, I, I didn't know what I was doing out there, right? It was just it's just a huge blur to me. But uh, you know, he played with poise, and um, and he really showed uh, UNC something. And then uh, I know your your wife. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Christian Yajokin is the uh, the the head coach of uh, of York University's women's basketball team, and she put a great post on. Um, on our social media about, you know, just about Greg and just, you know, sharing just glowing thoughts about him. And then she dropped this nugget about um, that, she, you know, you guys are the reason or he's the reason why you guys even met, like even to go that far. So like, did you guys stay connected like after university or like, did you guys reconnect? Like, how did that even happen? I guess at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great thing about Greg. He, he, he went out to play pro, um, after graduating right and during his off seasons he would come back to fairfield and and hang out with us right not only hang out with us he would he would crash he'd live with us right um oh, wow uh, during the summers and train with us and just he, he, he was he was a tr- like a true big brother just imagine a true caring big brother who um is more than willing um, to not only uh, have fun, party with you, but also dole out discipline and, and wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just, uh, yeah, that's that's the only way I can describe it, like a, like a true brother. Our relationship continued even after he graduated. He, he made sure he, st- he, he stayed close with the team, he stayed close with uh, myself and um, and the other Canadian on the team, uh, Didier Bucard from Montreal. And... Uh, I, I can't imagine, I can't think of any gaps between when I first met him and um, onto more recently where Greg hasn't been um, a part of my life, right? So throughout university, um, even after I graduated and, and working in New York City and then eventually coming, moving to Toronto, we always stayed connected. And, and um, after his pro career, um, he ended up um, coaching various levels, right? Um, Canadian basketball, yeah, team um, Ontario, team Ontario. He did NIDA. Um, he went out to West and he coached uh, University of Alberta. I eventually came back here, and it was it was in 2004, and Greg was in Toronto, and you know we'd hang out, and you know we, we were. I was single back then, and, and Greg was dating a young lady who was going to teach his college at York University with Krista. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was through that connection that I met Krista, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what Krista was re- referring to, that uh, if it wasn't for Greg, we would not have met, right? Because Greg um, he thought that uh, Krista and I would uh, would hit it off, and he was, he was absolutely he correct. Was, he was right. Yeah. Mm, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now, I, I guess, you know, especially because like, I know there was a point in time, obviously, like a few years back where 
where both your wife and Greg were both starting up the program at um at Ontario Tech. Like, how did that even come about? Like, you know, like what was there? that partnership like you know as representing the, the men and women's basketball programs at, at, a, at a at a startup university well not startup because they were around but startup program at the university like how was that for the both of them to kind of get together in that way okay so i didn't know that ontario tech um was also recruiting or, or was also starting a, a men's basketball program right mm-hmm. In retrospect, of course, it makes sense, right? right. Um, all I was aware of was that um, the AD had reached out, reached out to Krista um, and asked her to, to interview. Um, and initially, Krista turned it down. Um, but over the next couple of months, she thought more about it. And um, they reached out again. And um, she decided to go into the interview process. And then eventually, we found out that the men's program were doing the same thing and greg was one of the candidates being interviewed mm-hmm. and uh, as it turns out um both krista and greg got the um respective the head coaching jobs yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and i mean it just it just it, it talk about having things written in the, in the stars right in this and it, it was just perfect for us uh because here's this person that uh who you know, I loved and who Krista loved just over time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's she's his colleague. She's her colleague. Yeah. And they're working together. And so she absolutely loved it, right? And um, where not only are, are they um, coaches um, on the, in, for the same school, but they're also good friends, right? Yeah. Uh, which helps uh, the, the, uh, the, the work aspect of, of things, right? to have that familiarity with uh with your counterparts and then on top of that too just the advice they can give each other and helping each other during you know the during that time because you know you you, you're starting a program it's you know you're going to run into some roadblocks here and there right yeah yeah and uh, krista would tell me how you know greg was was her biggest advocate was how greg would be um would, would always support kind of like he did for me when I was at uh, university that's um and just make sure that she was okay um uh and that um that she was supported in everything she needed at the university and uh and vice versa and you know and Krista was there to support him with uh you know this um administrative task or that administrative task um mm-hmm. that um you know she's quite adept at right yeah. so uh, it was it was a, it was a great uh symbiotic uh, relationship you know and and i guess I'll, I'll ask you know a couple more questions before we wrap but um you know especially post-career like how would you view his impact as as a coach and just the overall wealth of basketball knowledge and just watching him just grow as a person like you know especially like post post university and post playing career even i should say yeah yeah it's 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 really em- embarrassing to admit but I didn't truly realize the impact he had on um, on basketball in Canada, on on um, on people in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if I was to go back, I, you know, even at Fairfield, I, I didn't know who Greg was. I, I grew up in I, I grew up in Bali, Montreal. Um, he was a, a legend here in Toronto. I didn't really know who Greg was. Yeah, you know, to me, it was just like this really great basketball player um and who looked out for me right and um 
and I didn't really pay him too much attention to his pro career um, because I was in school doing my own thing and mm. working. And then, um, but uh, you know, I did I did realize uh, the things he did in Toronto um, post his professional career, um, but I didn't fully grasp the impact, right? Um, and and it it wasn't until more recently did I realize how many people, how many lives um, he touched. You wouldn't believe um, how many people from around the world has reached out through and Krista through LinkedIn, through Instagram, just uh, Facebook. Uh, you, you, it's it, it, it's mind-boggling. Uh, it's mind-boggling, and it's such a testament to to um, his giving nature. Right, and mm-hmm. and the if the players, uh, the pro players right now, um, university players that he's impacted, and all the testaments uh, that have been rolling in about Greg, it's just, um, it's amazing, uh, it's amazing, and um, it, it's um, it's also uh, honestly a stark reminder how short and fleeting life can be. Right. And uh, nothing's guaranteed, like absolutely nothing's guaranteed. And, um, and this is just the latest reminder. And, and, you know, I don't, he, his, his um, absence definitely leaves a, a huge crater in, in Toronto basketball lore and in us as his close friends and family. But um, yeah, I just, I, 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 you know, to be honest with you, sometimes I, I it hits me. I'm like, I can't believe Craig is gone. I can't believe G Nice is gone. It's just, it's it's shocking. It's it's hard yeah. to um, it's hard to process. Um, and again, my mind goes back to his family, and I just pray for uh, strength and to be able to endure what they're going through right now. And and I think the the one thing you you know you recognize like this was somebody that was kind of living his dream. You know what I mean? And there's power in that, right? Like, the, like this is right. somebody that kind of like dedicated his life to the game of basketball, and right up until you know, up until the end, like he was still providing a service with that. Like to me, like there's power in that of like you know, not not much people can can do what they love to do and be rewarded, you know, like mentally, financially. You know what I mean? Like live a life through it where and you know, there's there's happiness in that. There's a uh, there's a certain removal of stress when you're living your life that way, right? You're, yeah, you are so right. And um, yeah, I, I, I tell Krista this all the time that there are only a few people in this world who are um, in a profession, um, uh, in a passion, um, pursuing a passion in a profession, right? Um, because I, I can guarantee you if they could, Greg and Krista would be coaching for free, but they're paid to yeah. do it right and um you know the rest of us um we, you know we kind of try to find meaning in what we're doing um those of us who aren't working in our passion we try to find meaning in what in what we do right mm-hmm. and um it's it's a blessing to be able to 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 be um to be following uh your passion and make it your profession right it's yeah. it's, it's a blessing and it's really unfortunate that um that it's not the majority of people who are doing that. It's not the norm, yeah. It's not the norm at all. It's not the norm at all, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and and like I said, it's just it, and that's it's not an easy thing to do. Like it sounds easy, you know. You you know, as I think as children and you know, and us as parents, like you want to teach our kids to do that and the next generation to do that. But like the the percentage of people in general that get to live that life through their dream is is it's the the window's pretty small. Whatever whatever the profession is, it's 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 small. Like it's not a, it's not a big percentage. You know, it's, it's yeah. So Absolutely. That, so like looking at looking back on his life, it's like that kind of sticks out to me. Just listen to you talk. I'm like, yo, this guy really lived through his dream. Like that's to me, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, uh, most people. Um, I, I, I don't want to say most, but there are some people out there uh, and even me included some, sometimes who don't even know uh, what they want in life. Right? who don't even really even know what they're truly passionate about right and um and you know some of us just kind of sleepwalk through life you know i, I know i did that <laughs> most of high school um but to 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 have a purpose-driven life and impact others um uh, to, to a level that uh, greg has done is something that i think um we need to see more of in this world, right? Uh, and I, I personally use this example as as a, a motivation to to do certain things and and to think about certain things, right? And um, and right now, uh, you know, it's it's quite clear in my mind that tomorrow's not guaranteed. Life goes by quickly and it's fleeting, you know. And um, so make the most of it. Make the most of it. Um, because we are not guaranteed tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. It's shocking when you really stop and think about it. Um, I can't truly say to you, uh, Calvin, that I'll be here tomorrow and vice versa. Yeah. Just think about that. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 crazy. And then, like, you know, during COVID and stuff, especially like that's especially it's it's a stark reality. Yeah, you get you get constantly reminded of that. Um, yeah. And just, I guess, to leave on a on a on a, I guess, on a certain note, like, what what is your what are your lasting memories of of him now? Like, what do you, what impact does his life have on you? You know, going forward, I know you touched on it a little bit, but like, what I, sh- I guess I should ask it another way, like, what for you, what's his, what do you think his legacy is now, going forward? Okay, so I, what I really valued about Greg was his, um, was just the the time he would. When you spoke with him, uh, you you just felt that he's he was listening to you. He was engaged. You know, we'd go on these we'd go on these long talks and just kind of like wax philosophical about this and that. And and um, he just had so much wisdom about so many different aspects of life. Um, and he cared for people. Like you you asked his 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 mother, his sister. Um, um, his daughter that he really, really, really cared for his family. Like this mm-hmm. guy um, was all about family love and support. And and when you were hanging out with him, you know whether you're you know you're a close friend or an acquaintance, you just you just felt that he actually he was actually hearing you. He actually was seeing you, right? Yeah. And um, he, he wasn't really. You know, he didn't really engage in kind of like uh, transactional conversations, just, you know, 
or, or useless banter here and there, but um, he really got into conversation. So, uh, well, his lasting legacy, I think, or at least what I take from it is just to be more present, right? And just do for others as much as, as much as you can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and also uh, selflessness. Be that support for others, because at the end of the day, uh, whether you're religious or not, we're all here on this planet together. Um, so the least we can do is is make uh, interactions with each other um, pleasant, right? Now walk away with each other, having been made better by our interactions. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not always the case, but yeah. at least that's the goal to to aim towards. So, um, so that that would be his legacy in my eyes. And that's and that's the way to do it. To be honest with you, man, um, we, we, I'll I'll leave it on that note. You know, I'll leave you with those last. Like, I'll leave you to like leave the last words. But thank you, you know, for for coming on here and just sharing your thoughts about about Greg, man. Like, you know, like I was saying in the first part of the pod that like it's hard to honor somebody in like an hour or forty minutes because obviously the life is more the the breadth of his life is is more in depth than that. Obviously, right. And trying yeah. to capture somebody's life in an in an hour or within that time frame is is impossible, but just a snapshot is actually something you still want to respect. So it's like you know, like uh, like I think just you know, hearing you guys talk about his life and you know, share from that uh, from that perspective of of somebody who was considered a legend, you know, it's it's I think it's 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 really cool to hear you guys share your thoughts on it, man. So uh, I definitely appreciate you for. Uh, for for taking the time, man, and just and just for even doing this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, and and thank you for for doing this. And I know you're doing this in honor of Greg. And um, you know, I'm I'm honored to be uh, to play a little part in it too. And so it's it's a great thing you're doing here. Nah, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for checking out this latest edition of the Av Podcast. As mentioned earlier, uh, Greg's family has set up a GoFundMe page for his little girl. Um, it is attached and hyperlinked to the description as well as my website. So please click on it and support it in any way you can. All right. So much love and respect for checking out this uh, this podcast today. We'll be back with a new episode or new episodes uh, next week, including the Snowcapping series finale. Um, so look out for that if you are a Snowfall fan. All right. I'm just going to keep this very short and sweet. Um, thank you very much for the support as always. Um, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, for Gabe Gonda, O'Neill Kamaka, Reed Beckett, and Sunday Enio Jokin, my name is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av Podcast right here on South Shirav Radio. Until next time. <laughs>